Greetings and welcome to the Driving You Crazy Podcast. I'm traffic anchor Jason Luber, ready for another jam-packed episode. I'm producer Joseph Peters. Jam it full, man. Let's jam it up. You can always reach us on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at Denver7Traffic. And on Facebook, I'm Jason Luber Traffic Guy. That's Jason with a Y. I'm, I'm just Joseph Peters on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm Joseph Denver7. Uh, I just finished watching the end of that Kiss Akia contest run by a radio station in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. where 20 contestants uh, tried to keep their lips on a Kia for 50 hours. They got a 10-minute break every hour. There were seven people left at the end of the 50 hours, all with their, their mouth on this car. And then what they did is they drew names out of a hat. And so they put all those remaining names in the hat, and they were start drawing. So when your name was picked, then you get off the car, and the last one drawn was the winner. Okay. So you go for 50 hours. 50 hours with your mouth on a car, and you walk away with tickets to whatever. Some of the people just walked away with, like, concert tickets or... A, a nice firm handshake and a hug, and that's terrible. That's t- I mean, and what happened to the days when it was just you had to keep your lips on the key for fifty hours straight and there were no breaks? That's my real question. Well, that I was thinking about that because probably legally somebody's done that, and then somebody passed out and died because they hadn't had water in like three days. I don't can I, I don't condone death. But come on now. I was thinking like, I was you got yeah. to sweat to earn it. Let, yeah. <laughs> just lay on there and just keep them sleep deprived. And I guess they said something. Anyway, we move on. Uh, all right. The Colorado State Patrol sent out a series of very humorous tweets as they as they went fishing for leads. Uh, after they found a ha ha ha, they found a bright yellow Camaro in a large irrigation ditch. And one of the tweets says, the driver of this car was A, driving too fast, B, distracted, C, DUI, or D, asleep. And the answer is, question mark, question mark. Well, they didn't answer it on that tweet, but on the next tweet, uh, it says, we don't know the answer. Master Trooper Takahashi would love to talk with this driver who left a 2013 Camaro flooded, quote unquote, because it was flooded in the water. Right. Uh, the last tweet showed a picture of the Camaro that was on what I can best describe as like this crane tow truck that had the car at the end of the line that it was dragged out of the water uh, being lifted up to the top of this bridge. And the tweet said, look what TLC Auto from Sterling caught with their unique fishing pole. They, too, would like to talk with a mystery driver of this Camaro. <laughs> These are great pictures, by the way. If you haven't looked at them yet, you need oh, to no, check they that are great out. Pictures. You never see a Camaro getting fished out of a lake often enough. No, and that's from the Colorado State Patrol Twitter page if you want to go see that. I, I, you know what? I do like that kind of humor from any kind of State Patrol. I, I wouldn't doubt that the car was stolen and ditched into, a, into the ditch. Right. It, it, it happens a lot here in Denver. Um, there, there's a, there's a bunch of stolen cars that end up in uh, south, the South Platte River where this one road dead ends at the river. It's, it's pretty much a pretty good size hill, and I think they just put it into neutral and let the car roll down the hill and then into the water. Uh, they get plenty of momentum with that hill just to launch off the road and really? halfway into the river. Yeah. A couple of years ago, there were like a half a dozen cars over there. And the heli- we flew the helicopter over there, and there was like one car, there's one car. One. I can't imagine all the ugly fluids and all the ugliness that comes out of these cars that's drifting down the river. So... Going back to your original point, so not multiple stolen cars, right? These are multiple drivers who had gone up No, no, there. no. These are, I believe I, this is usually they end up as stolen cars, and what they do is the, the kids, when they're done joyriding, put them in a neutral, let them roll down this hill, and then 
sails man. right there into the river. Kids these days, man. We just played like hockey and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Uber and Lyft drivers uh, can be a pretty forgetful bunch. You ride Uber and Lyft, right? Have you have you forgotten anything I, in the car? Yeah, I forgot a water bottle one time. I didn't have the. I was too ashamed to call to get it back either. So I just. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder what these guys just have collections of stuff like a lost and found. Maybe Seriously. well, as, as you can imagine, you know, a lot of people leave their phones or the keys or water bottles, like you said. Um, some of the some of the most forgotten items that are left, and some of the weirdest items that have been left at an Uber in the lost and found index are paintings, lobster, a lobster. Come on. It's fine. Uh, a sweet potato care package. That one I don't understand. A- an engagement ring. Eh. Rubber mallet. What, what are you doing with a rubber a mallet? Doctor. A laser. I'm sorry. I didn't say that right. A laser. <laughs> hot Cheetos. Not weird. No. Hot Cheetos Not or weird. the laser. No, the uh, hot Cheetos. Pool stick. Hmm. Smoke machine. Okay, that's weird. Wedding outfit. Well, I guess it was uh, maybe a ride from the wedding to the reception. Right. A bulletproof vest. Valium. I wonder how many drugs they find, honestly. Valium. A grill set. What's a grill set? I don't know. How about a meat packet? Maybe it went with the grill set. Maybe it's just like a box of Omaha steaks, though, right? Uh, one of those cornhole boards, which are pretty big. I don't That's know how funny. you're getting, I mean, unless you're getting an Uber, whatever the SUV thing is. It, right. Uh, a wooden hat. Lottery tickets. Hopefully they were winners. A back massage device. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Elf cutout. I have no idea what an elf cutout is. A kite. Why is that weird? A kite. Weird. Well, I guess just go driving around with a kite. Uh, a cape. That is weird. A uh, potted plant. Nintendo. A dog sweater. Why wasn't the dog wearing the sweater? Good question. Maybe, Maybe because they were hot. in an Uber. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, uh, a diary. That was probably a good read. Taser. Yeah. Maybe the driver would want to keep the taser. Mm-hmm. A vacuum. If it was a Dyson, you'd keep it. Uh, jewelry box. I don't know if there was jewelry in it. A money bag and a violin. A money bag. It didn't say a bag of money. It, it said didn't a say money a f- bag. That's okay. Does that mean hopefully that was it's a- full of money? Yes, hopefully. Uber also took a look at the frequency that certain lost items were reported as missing. Turns out that some items are actually more likely to be lost on certain days when compared to the rest of the week. So on Sundays, they see the biggest spike in lost wedding dresses. Okay, well, you know, weddings happen on, on them. Uh, Mondays, they see the biggest spike in lost skateboards. This makes That makes zero sense, the correlation between Monday and skateboard, though. Tuesdays, they see the biggest spike in lost swimsuits. Okay. okay. So are there naked people running around? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wednesdays, they see a big spike in lost notebooks. Maybe by then, the kids are just tired of uh, writing notes. Exactly. On Thursday, see the biggest spike in lost suitcases heading out of town for a travel. Trip. Yeah. On Fridays, they see the biggest spike in lost briefcases. People who are just quitting their jobs. And on Saturday, they see the biggest spike in lost plane tickets. Yeah. So somebody going to the airport, leaving. Could you imagine leaving your your airplane ticket in the Uber? Well, yes, but at the same time, this is the twenty first century, right? Like, how does it Why even matter you if you phone? lose? Yeah, like you lose your plane ticket, so what? Print a new one. Exactly. I usually leave things on top of my car and then drive off. That's my big problem. <laughs> yep. I yep. do that all. I mean, honestly, I've done that all the time. My wife is always staring at me, and because I did that with a stack of Christmas cards once. And they got wet because it was a snowy day. Right. My wallet. I th- I've honestly, I've left my wallet, and some guy called me up and said, "I think I found your wallet on the on the on the roadway over here." That's a rare success story. Uh, uh, I think I did that to a suit as well. I've lost a suit. 
maybe it was, all right, so I remember having the suit when I was in South Dakota at this wedding, and now I don't have the suit. I don't know if it was left. The, I actually called the hotel. This, these actually, this hotel, uh-huh. it actually closes down for the winter. So I actually, because this this was back in the fall, and I and I called them up, uh, and, and they said they they didn't see the suit. So I, I did I leave it on top of the car. Did I leave it there? <laughs> did I leave it on top of? I, I don't know. Somebody just took it. The next it was a nice suit. Room. I liked that suit. Got it tailored. It's a great suit. I hear you, man. Speaking of variety sharing, I just read a story how Uber and Lyft are hurting the taxi industry in Calgary. Boo-hoo. Yeah, the cab companies in Calgary are dropping their rates to better compete with the ride-sharing services. Well, duh. That's what happens with competition. Go figure. Uh, but at the end of the story, this is where this is where they had this little tidbit. Standard taxis arrived on average in 15 minutes, 91% of the time. Maybe that's the problem with getting a taxi in Calgary. Because I can get my Uber or Lyft. I, I can get on the app right now. I will not guarantee, but just about guarantee, that I'll have one waiting outside this building in less than five minutes. And to compound that, like if the first one doesn't come within five minutes, I can cancel it, order a new Lyft, and that one will still get there before that 15-minute window closes. Yeah. So why wait for a cab company to get there in 15 when I can get to where I want to go across downtown in the same time that I'm still waiting for that cab to get here? Absolutely. Competition. That's the way it works, right? I just Mm -hmm. thought that was interesting. All right. So a Chinese wedding uh, comes with a lot of perks, apparently. Often a dowry from the bride's family and a house from the groom's family. Cash from the guests. That, That sounds pretty good to me. But in Beijing, there's another reason to marry. A license plate. All right, just follow me here. Millions can afford a car in China right now, but in big cities, the right to drive is harder to come by. If you don't have a license plate, you must win one in their lottery system. The license plate lottery, which takes place six times a year, is famous for its low odds, and in the latest round in February, the probability of winning a plate was 0.1269%. So less than a quarter percent, a twelfth of a percent, twelfth. And you just don't drive if you don't have the plate, right? That's, that's right, the way exactly. Because they have to limit the number of license plates like they limit the number of children you can have. Wow. So many people are now turning to marriage to get a license plate, especially in Beijing, since a license plate isn't tradable, but it is transferable between a husband and wife. So one man living in Beijing with his family posted offers online to pay for a fake marriage after applying through the lottery system for three years with no success. He says, there are many people doing this online. Many of his friends got their plates, their license plates this way. That's unbelievable. You're getting married to somebody you either don't know nor do want to be around for a license plate. There are around 20 chat groups on this topic in China's social network. It's called QQ. Hundreds of people looking for a match. The price for a transfer usually ranges, get this, 80000 to 90000 won. Now, that's around $12,000. $12,000 for a license plate. And that's the average annual salary there in Beijing. So you, that would be the comparable to what, like thirty grand in the United States? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe forty, something like that. I'll just not drive. They just don't have what they really need in these bigger cities. So under these circumstances, marriage apparently is an easier and more efficient way to obtain resources. And it's exploited by some to gain an edge on the competition. So some people are claiming the unfair advantage giving to marriage cheaters, and it makes it more difficult for others to access the resources they need. So battling to get ahead, people are not gaining an advantage, but really damaging the very system that everyone is relying on. Yeah. I mean, you'd say the same thing for green cards in the States, right? Same general concept. Right. People marry into that all the time. All the time. And so if you if you want to marry, you'll, you'll get a license plate. 
Congratulations. <laughs> the right to drive. Okay, so I have this uh I have something that's gonna make you either happy and mad or just happy or mad and then mad or or something like that. All right. Now me. now you're thoroughly confused, right? Let's do, let's do this. All right. So here's the premise. What would it take for you to change how you commute? How about some cold hard cash? Yep. How about ten bucks a month? Would that work for you? No. Fifty? A hundred? I mean, now we're having a conversation, a right? right. That's, that's a thousand dollars a year, right? More so, than that. so I bring up, I bring this up because the city of Washington D.C. is thinking about doing just that. There's a bill before the city council that would compel employers who provide free parking to employees to also offer transit benefits like a pre-tax bus pass or cash payments to workers who find another way to the office. So the goal of the city council is to let the non-drivers cash out the value of their quote-unquote free parking. So if D.C. does this, it would be among the first big American cities with an enforceable cash-out program on the books. There's an urban planner at UCLA who believes the program like this would decrease the number of commuters who are driving alone going to work by 17% and increase the rates of carpooling, transit riding, biking, and walking. So it, for your instance, if you if you take an Uber to work, you, you basically drive to work in another way, you're actually going to be paid because you're not parking your, your car out in our parking lot. Right. So it's really not a new idea, apparently. California passed a parking cash-out law in the early 90s. It didn't include a penalty for those not using the program. Only one city, Santa Monica, has really enforced the rule. Now, the main thing here is determining what is the market value of your parking space at work. So after doing some research, it mainly comes down to supply and demand in the area you're parking in. So it's going to be less valuable where there's free street parking compared by trying to park right near Times Square, right? Mm -hmm. There are some other factors like covered parking or is it a garage? Uh, Is it that sort of thing that, that might change what the value of that parking space is? So the fair market value is how the city would determine how much that space is worth and then base this transit incentive on that. So they're basically making each business create a new parking benefit for working there. And if you drive in and park, then you're using that benefit. If you don't, like you, then you or you ride the bus or walk, whatever, then you get that benefit in the form of the fair market value in your paycheck. There's also a provision in that bill in Washington, D.C. that would compel businesses to do this or face a $100 fine for every employee that works there. So this is how they word it. In lieu of compliance, an employer may elect to play an employer may elect to pay a clean air compliance fee of one hundred dollars per month for each employee who's offered this free parking benefit. I have a feeling that most businesses will elect to pay this new parking fee for a few rather than all employees. So this in reality is just an enormous new tax on businesses who let their employees park there. That's what it is. They're being forced to create this artificial value of their parking spaces and are now forced then to pay out those employees who don't park there. And if they don't like this new ordinance, then they're fined by the city for every employee they have. It's not just the ones who choose not to park there at work. It's really an... A new tax that these businesses have to have to burden. The, the city would know how many people are parking there because each business is required to submit that information to the city every year as part of their annual compliance report, and it goes right to the mayor. So Desk. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way to get around it. Right. Uh, and just offhand, what do you think the value of the parking is here at our building? I mean, we're, we're in downtown Denver. Right. I mean, you could easily get $10 a day. We have a big open lot that would probably go, I would say, at let's say at a minimum, 
five dollars a day, yeah. right? Probably ten, more like twenty or twenty-five because we're so centrally located here in downtown. Exactly. All right, so let's just say it's it's five bucks a day. That's one hundred fifty dollars a month. So let's say you get a monthly discount of one hundred and twenty-five dollars. We have at least a hundred people working here in this building, maybe more. So just for ease of round numbers, let's stick with a hundred. So that's a new tax imposed by the city. Uh, on this on this business of about twelve thousand five hundred dollars, and that's if you discounted our parking lot to five dollars a day for each each uh, each employee, twelve and a half thousand dollars, and that's like at a minimum. It, it, it'll probably be closer to twenty five or thirty thousand dollars. That's what I would imagine. Right. So I'm pretty sure that look the, the company has the money. I'm sure they just don't want to spend it on the parking lot and on benefits for employees to take transit. Rather than than paying other things that could benefit the business. Well, the alternative in the in the case of our company specifically, they could just make it a public lot, right? And charge okay. charge outsiders to park here too. Well, sure, and yeah. then but ours is gated for security reasons, as it should be. Uh, by the way, and, and so therefore, <laughs> it, does that make it now that it's since it's a gated and more secured lot? Does that put a premium on the price? That's true. Because uh, really, not only not only is it a new pro- a tax on 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 the business. But this artificial new tax is then going to show up as a benefit that will be considered income on your paycheck, Joseph, so you can deal with the IRS. I'm, look, as a walker, I'm fine with getting the extra $60 a month or whatever it comes out to post-tax because I don't get the benefit of free parking. I'm not saying the business should be compelled to do it. I'm just saying it would be nice. You don't mind paying the extra tax on that, huh? Well, well you I figure guess... if it's going to be a hundred bucks a month, you pay forty percent in tax because the government does that. Sixty bucks in your pocket. Sixty bucks in your pocket. So really, that's the way the employer gets screwed out of some more money, and you, the employee, get screwed out of more money because now you are increasing your yearly compensation and getting taxed more because of it. They would probably pay me less as a base salary, right? Like, well, probably. you're getting the parking incentive, right. so we're going to drop that by about fifteen hundred dollars. Exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to compensate somehow. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. Coming up, the problem with riding on public transit is the public rides on public transit. I'll explain that, and we'll have much, much more as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. Lisa Hidalgo, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. The hardest part about getting up at two o'clock in the morning is the night before, because you know you've got kids, you want to to be active with them. I want to put them to bed. I want to redo them. I want to be able to watch a movie with them, but it's really hard to because we have to wake up so early. So the hardest part about waking up early is going to bed early. But it's worth it because honestly, I love this morning show, and I don't think I would ever want to be on another shift because I, I work with great people, and you know, giving you what you need to know to get out the door every morning, I think is important to me, and it's important to to my job. And, and what I do as, as a meteorologist. Lisa Hidalgo, only on Denver 7. Why should you watch Denver 7? Simple. Best team in town. Jason Luber knows traffic better than anyone. I'm just a cool reporter. Lisa, she knows what's up. Mitch, I call him Superman. Dale, gorgeous, awesome. I'm a cool reporter. Jason Granauer knows what's up. Uh, Amanda Del Castillo. I mean, we're just a great team and we're like family. And that I think that helps with the dynamics. So uh, you got to watch us every day. Good one. Good. Good. Sweet. You got another one you want to uh, drop now? Yeah, maybe I'll just. Yeah, I'll. Okay. okay. Three, two, and.
one. Now, if I wasn't on the team, I would watch Denver 7 for the Jason-Lisa bickering that they do every, every morning. They're like brother-sister. I love it. It adds to the dynamic. We're just a great team, and it's people need to watch. Eric Luford, only on Denver 7. Welcome back to the Driving You Crazy Podcast. I'm Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber, along with Joseph Peters, formerly the overnight producer for the 6 a.m. newscast, but has recently been bumped up the food chain to the 6 p.m. show. And to celebrate, we're going to go old-timey, Joseph. This is old-timey music right here. Little little Charleston. I don't know how this is really celebrating. Um, You've seen Oh Brother, We're Out, though, right? I've not. I'm I'm told it's a classic. It is a classic. I mean, come on. Add it to some the list. Dapper Dan, and you're on your way. Is there some, uh, what's his face? Uh, John Goodman. Is Goodman in that movie? Yes. Okay, then I'll watch it. He is in that movie, and he's not very nice to a frog. Well, not very nice at all. 10-4. So here's a problem you only have in India. Engineers in India have developed a real-time automatic obstacle detection and alert system to help cars avoid colliding with cows. Oh. A common sight in that part of the world, right? Common this, in Vermont, too. It my is? My hometown, yes. A lot of cows? Cows in the street. The system uses a dashboard camera and an algorithm that can determine whether an object near the vehicle is an on-road cow and whether or not its movements represent a risk to the vehicle. <laughs> compared to an ox or... A dog, perhaps. Donkey. Yeah. Camel. Other four-legged animal. Elephant. A timely audio or visual indicator can then be triggered to nudge the driver to apply the brakes whether or not they have seen the animal. The proposed system has achieved an overall efficiency of 80% in terms of cow detection, the researchers said. Uh, The proposed system is low-cost, highly reliable, which can easily be implemented in automobiles for detection of cow or other animals after proper training and testing on the highway. Oh, my Lord. People's eyes have a very good uh, efficiency effectiveness of detecting cows as well. A similar detection system might be useful in Estes Park. Because Uh if you didn't know, Estes Park is full of elk. Uh Elk wander the city up there in Estes Park, right outside of Rocky Mountain National Park. I mean, they just wander down the roads and they're everywhere. Yes, nighttime. And they are are much larger than a cow. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was up there one time, elk right next to the window... Uh, had the window down, starts lowering his head. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> Thank you much. That's Bye. when you drive on. Uh, there's a very uh, transit progressive blog. It's called Street Blog USA. They have articles written in cities all over the country, like here in Denver, and they are, on balance, they're very against driving and very in favor of transit. So here is one that was titled, this one story titled, Denver is your 2017 Parking Madness Champ. It was written by Angie Schmidt. All right, this is what Angie writes. Take a moment to absorb this parking fiasco. Hard to believe it's near the middle of a major city. What you can't see, unfortunately, because this is a podcast, is the satellite image of the parking lots around Pepsi Center in downtown Denver. All right, so Angie Schmidt uh, continues from this Denver Street Blog USA uh, article. 
This is the image that carried Denver through four rounds of competition to emerge as the champion of Street Blog's 2017 Parking Madness Tournament. In a tightly contested final that came down to a riveting back and forth on the last day of voting, Denver edged out scrappy Poughkeepsie 451 to 433. I don't know what the points mean. I think that's just how many raw votes, right? Oh, like more so? people vote. Yeah, Denver right. over Poughkeepsie. So for this tournament this year, we focused on parking craters near transit situations to highlight how American cities are failing to support their transit infrastructure with walkable development. And Denver's monster parking crater is a classic of wasted urban potential, a huge swath of land close to downtown served by three light rail stations and overwhelmed by massive parking lots for sports stadiums that barely get get much used of the year. Well, look, I don't think April is a big fan of the Denver Nuggets or the Colorado Avalanche or the Mammoth or the concerts or the speaking events or the tractor pulls, which are all held throughout the year over there at Pepsi Center. I mean, there's 200 events or so there a year. I, I happen to fall on Angie's side, but I'll let you continue. All right. So so Chad Reichel, I believe that's how you say it, at Denver Urbanism has developed an infill plan for the area that would divide it into small walkable blocks, consolidate parking into decks, and add mixed-used housing, retail, and office space. Street Blog's Denver editor, David Sachs, says that the problem in Denver is car commuting to the city center. That's on the rise despite its significant investments in light rail. All right, he says Denver receives a lot of nice superlatives about its transit system that shape the city's national reputation. The reality is vacuous parking lots and car-oriented development surround a lot of the city's stations, undermining our investment in transit infrastructure. Hopefully some notoriety will help make the case for this part of the city to resemble more walkable areas anchored by transit like Union Station. That from David Sachs of, uh, of Streets Blog. So the same day I saw the Streets blog article, I saw this story come across our newsfeed. It says a local investment team backed by billionaire Stan Kroenke sees potential in the sea of parking lots between Ehrlich Gardens, the downtown amusement park, and Spear Boulevard. Kroenke happens to own the Pepsi Center and the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the Mammoth, as well as the L.A. Rams. Yeah, Kroenke, Kroenke's a big deal. Well, I guess he uh, married into the Walmart deal. Well, in addition to everything. Like, he was already huge and then married into the Walton family. So, he's not going anywhere. All right. So, this story says there are 1,800 spaces as part of one of the largest swaths of surface parking that remain in downtown Denver. And it really is. There's a lot of surface parking down there. There's a lot of open land. And I've seen many surface parking lots disappear as the land is just too valuable not to put up a high-rise apartment or an office space, office development in in its place downtown. Denver's Community Planning and Development Department We'll begin a gather community input to help inform what might happen on the parking lots and the surrounding properties. There aren't any concrete plans or timeline yet to develop what they want to develop. But the developers say what happens on the site, they will aim to keep about the same number of existing parking, which would be pretty interesting. So maybe underground, uh, obviously parking decks, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that some of the transit-only people would concede that not everyone in the world wants to always take transit. Some of us actually like to drive, even if it means sitting in traffic. Right, that's, that's just the case. Yeah. But but uh, David Sachs, he is militant about not liking people driving and only want people using uh, uh, tra- um, trains and, and buses. Mm-hmm. We've actually had some back and forth on Twitter, he and I. Instead of forcing me out of my car, honestly, I, I'd like to choose how I get around. I, I mean, do I do I want to get around on a on a 
bus or a train or in my own car. Well, you're, in your case, you've got two daughters. I mean, I wouldn't yes. want to get around by train or by bus in your situation either. And, and maybe I like to blast my music in my car. I, that's something I can't do on the bus. <laughs> maybe I just had a Wendy's Frosty for dessert after lunch and I feel a little bloated, if you know what I mean. And I need some time to air it out. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it isn't very polite to do that on the train, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, that's true. What, what if I just want to be by myself? Or, like you said, I just want to be with my daughter's safe environment in my car or a few friends. And let's say our conversations with my friends are a little obnoxious or uh, a, a little bit off color, as they can be. And, and I don't want to display that for the entire bus load of people to see. And the bus would appreciate that if right. you keep those conversations to yourself. Please and thank you. And I, I, I do hope they keep the existing parking available to like outside the Pepsi Center, where at least they have those spaces available for people who want to drive and can get in there. I, I I think that any development down there would be pretty fun. I think it'd be pretty cool. It'd be interesting. I mean, obviously, downtown Denver is growing. It's one of the few places that still has a lot of people wanting to move into the downtown right. core rather than other cities where people try to move out. Here's what's missing at Pepsi Center, and it's one thing that I noticed going to a couple of Avs games this year, and I live right in that area, is that if you want to go out to a restaurant right after the Avalanche game and you're not in a car, you are walking at least half a mile to a mile to go to a place that's not overcrowded. Right. Like that is a stretch of the that is a stretch of downtown Denver that would really benefit from five or six nice breweries or restaurants right. or things of that nature. And you can put all that parking underground and really take advantage of it. And if you're gonna build a restaurant, I mean why not build a high rise? Like yeah. why not build a high rise and capitalize on it? Exactly. And you can do all that and you could even have a rooftop, let's say you have the parking deck and then a rooftop restaurant. Yeah. Or a rooftop business of some sort. Yeah. You can do that. That area, I, I assume that they will keep most of the parking spots, and that makes sense. That area will be really nice once it's developed in the same right. way that they've developed the area in Boston around TD Garden or around a lot of the other sports stadiums in the country. I just want to. I just want the folks like at Street Blogs and, and other places that that really push transit. That some folks just like to drive. This is America, and we should be able to have the choice whether we want to take the transit or we want to drive. It's true. You know, uh, I'll co-sign that. Uh, that. And all of this leads me perfectly into this story. So there's another thing about riding on public transportation that is that the public rides on public transportation. Do you, I mean, do you know what I'm saying here? I, I mean, when I say public. I, I ride public transportation like, on a regular basis. And, yes, there are plenty of members of the public. I, yeah, we're talking odd people that the public has to offer that are riding on the public transportation. I, I've seen them. You've seen them. We've all seen them. BuzzFeed compiled a list of several tweets from people who experienced some of the most odd occurrences that can happen on public transportation. So this is maybe some of the reasons why I would like to drive myself. Here we go. There is a whole rotisserie chicken on the floor of the subway car. Plausible. Okay. And this one, it's, it's very clearly not about a chicken on the subway. I nearly tripped over a dog on the train and said, sorry, chicken. And someone genuinely, under their breath, said, that's a dog. this tweet describes what meeting a train celebrity looks like my favorite thing is when someone takes their dog on the train and the entire train stares at the dog and tries to get its attention like it's famous have you ever seen famous animals my dog is that dog if you take my dog anywhere everybody stares at the dog wants to pet the dog i have to be like the dog's friendly like you can pet our golden retriever it's all good (laughs) used to have a dog that would show up at the one of our competing stations helicopters. He would this, the pilot would ride with his dog. Dylan. That's impressive. Yeah, I, do, I mean, do dogs ride free? How about cats? Yeah, they're service animals, right? 
Serv- sure. Service kitten. Right. How about a potbelly pig? <laughs> All right. This tweet describes what meeting a train pervert is like. There's no discreet way to watch porn on the train. Guy who is standing next to me watching porn on the train. That's too much. That's I, too, you're I, doing too much. Well, I mean, what is... I, uh, Ride the train. This tweet about a guy who acts like he's invisible. Just saw a guy put in his dentures, brush his teeth, and then chug a pint of vodka on the subway. Hashtag, happy Monday. Does sound like a happy Monday. Where do you purchase a pint of vodka? But why wouldn't you drink the pint of vodka and then brush the teeth? Oh, that's true. Maybe maybe he can't afford peppermint vodka, so he's trying to get the effect. I don't know. (laughs) And this one about a girl who might actually be invisible. Someone on the subway sat on me because they didn't see me. I'm a five foot seven inch woman in a parka. How? Maybe they just have bad peripheral vision. Maybe so. That's always a possibility. There's no people are in their own space in their own world, and sometimes they just ignore what else is going around them. All right, this tweet from a very friendly, not at all creepy bus patron. Nobody ever sits next to me on the bus, even though every time someone gets on, I smile at them, wink, and pat the empty seat next to me. That's something I would do. This is a great strategy, by the way. For all you tall dudes out there that ride the bus, you know what I'm talking about. Nobody wants to sit next to us, and it's glorious. I think I'm a bit of an instigator, though, and I intri- I actually encourage this type of behavior. But point with the one finger. Yeah, come, come on. Here we go. Let's... <laughs> Let's get into this. All right, this tweet is about a very romantic nose-picking patron. Just locked eyes with a guy on the train. We stared. Then he proceeded to pick his nose while still staring, but with his pinky. So, classy. (laughs) Is it classier to pick with the pinky? No. No. This tweet about a girl pretending to be sick on the train. I tried faking a cough so nobody would sit next to me on the train, and a lady sat next to me and said... I'll sit next to someone else with a cold. That's priceless. Right that there. That is karma right there. Uh, can you say backfire? Mm. Hashtag call your bluff. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right. So in this tweet about people who are very much not pretending to be sick, there is a speed type situation happening on the bus where we will die if the passengers stop blowing their noses. It's a nightmare situation. Yes. <laughs> this book title is in the form of a tweet. Are the seats on the subway heated or am I sitting in someone's urine? A memoir. Another reason not to ride the bus. And this confused exclamation in the form of a tweet. I fell asleep on the bus and someone put a goldfish in my mouth. Why would somebody first have a goldfish on the bus and then put it in someone's mouth? That's hilarious. That's why. That is hilarious. Do you just ride randomly with goldfish in your mouth? In, in your, just hoping this is going to happen? <laughs> this tweet about a prankster bus driver. My bus driver just slowed down to pick someone up. And as they approached the bus, he drove off, laughed at himself, and goes... Classic. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and this one about bonding bus drivers. I want someone that looks at me the same way bus drivers look at each other when they drive past. I've seen that. They all do, I believe. All by myself. Guy needs a girlfriend. And this one about a late passenger. This woman was about to miss the train, so she threw her bag to stop the doors from closing. Her bag is on the train. She is not. That is a terrible strategy. Anybody who rides the bus knows that's a bad strategy. Whoops. And finally, this harrowing tweet that could ruin anyone's childhood. I saw a girl feeding her boyfriend gum on the train in a spectacle so grotesque that Lady and the Tramp have filed for divorce. Ew. (laughs) I saw a PDA over there at the Whole Foods when I was going 
This, this, this couple, Ew. they... Imagine ABC gum, and they're oh, just yeah. pulling it so it's all stretchy and green. Ew. BuzzFeeds ends the piece by saying, happy riding, folks. Yeah, happy riding indeed. Like I said, that not everybody wants to ride on the bus or the train. These were a few good reasons why I don't always want to do it. My man. Yes. <laughs> I had some other thoughts when I was going into the Whole Foods about studded tires and... About not sideswiping cars. Uh, we'll discuss that next time when we have more time. Be careful at Whole Foods, folks. Yes, most definitely. All right, I think I put a wrap, uh, wrap on this episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm the traffic guy, Jason Luber. I'm just the producer, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Happy motoring.